What's your take on selfie sticks? Selfie sticks? What's, what is that? So it's these like people carrying around these poles. Oh, to put yeah, I've I seen that. I don't get it. Uh, I, yeah, it's like, hang on, your arm is essentially a selfie stick, right? Yeah, but these people, are, maybe they're just short people or they're going for that extra angle. But I yeah. saw them everywhere. And like, really? I'm thinking, why would I want to carry around this pole? Everywhere no. I go, I see them. I've seen them at waterworks, which is obviously not smart. No, uh, like the the you know people going using to, them going but, down. But, but, what, what happened? But, but, but wouldn't you just hold it in your hand? What if you run into something and it yeah, jams itself straight yeah, between your eyes? Impaled like, on a selfie stick. I think that would make a good photo. They're also actually. banned in some museums. Oh, really? Good. Yep. Unapologetically hypeless and heartfelt. This is kicking back. With James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Here we are. Well, this is it. This is like a reunion after the reunion. It was, and a, and a delightful surprise reunion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very unscheduled. See, this, this is where your new system um, sort of, you know, went awry when it comes to me dealing with it. I'm sure you haven't had any issues with it up until this point. Joel plus tech. Uh, the systems worked really well. Mm-hmm. So you, you managed to book in the... Exact right time spot, yes. exact right day, day just one week in the future. Yes. <laughs> so, well, I like it, to be early. Yeah, you know? you know. So what we've got next week is we've got a, an appointment scheduled and we're going to do a manly tour. We are. We're going to do, before your big seminar coming up, we're going to do a manly tour of the um, highlights. J- James and Joel's manly highlights. And, and lowlights. Yes. We, you can't have light without shade. We'll you do, can't. Yin and yang. There's some... Pretty interesting places that aren't on the tourist right. we'll talk about as well. Well, and architecture too. We're going to take in the local architecture. So if you are a fan of uh, architecture, we're, we're going to show you some of the, the highlights of Manly. I was reading in the paper yesterday, there's a turtle uh, swimming around just out there, not far away from here, and they're trying to get some donations to put a satellite tracker on it right? Uh, so that they can you can look up its progress on the Internet. Uh-huh. That's Turtle Beach over there, isn't it? Shelly Beach. Shelly Beach. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, Turtle Beach. That's in Hawaii. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he's a long way from home. It's very similar. Just <laughs> yeah, it's slightly Shelly Turtle. It's a beach. It's hey, a I, got, I got the beach tree. part right. Yeah. yeah. So we also managed to have a little catch-up on the phone recently. We did. We had, we had like a really good chat, a really long chat. It was like over an hour, and we'll just... Yeah, just catching up on everything. Pretty much covered all our best material. <laughs> yes, we did. It was like, well, that's what we like to do, James. Here at Kicking Back, we're, we are so relaxed. We don't even bother to make it an actual recording. We'll just call each other, and some of our best material uh, yeah, has gone on. Entertain com- ourselves. Phone conversations. Similar audience size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only person we're missing out on is Greg, so that's all right. You yeah, know. so we'll... we'll um, well, it's a big shout out to Greg. Al. Greg, well, Greg, Greg, fan. Greg, and his team, his fine team of designers, have been working on uh, a design for me for my new festival show, and yeah, it's it's come along very well. So I, is this like very... a flyer or a prop? No, no, it's like something that's revealed at the end. As wow. uh, yeah, out of the show, it's my big closer for the show, and Greg has uh, Greg and his team have played an important part in. Uh, Putting that vision together for me. I hope Greg gets a ticket. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I can get him a cheap Tuesday ticket. So what have you been up to, Joel? I have the first month of January just flat out on the road, non-stop, non-stop touring. Went to Vanuatu. So that was, uh, that was a port, port of call that was of interest. Sounds luxurious. Yeah, what it is. What were the circumstances? On a cruise ship. <laughs> Not so luxurious. And, and did you have a heavy commitment schedule? What, while I was in Vanuatu? or on the just cruise in, ship? No, no. This is what was great about it. I got on, I look at my schedule, and it says, welcome aboard show, 15 minutes. This is a five-day cruise. I thought, all right, well, that must be just for tonight. I'll find out what my other gigs are. I get down there. And I talked to the production manager and he goes, oh, no, no, that's that's it. They're just um, 15 minutes. That's Yeah, that's it. And just hang out the rest of the time. Like, All right. So, yeah, first night I was on from uh, 7.45 to 8 p.m. And then the rest of the cruise I was just kicking back. Do you ever feel compelled to do like an impromptu value add, like unscheduled, not expected, but, just, you know, leap up on stage and save the audience from a less than satisfactory entertainment? Never. 
No, <laughs> I, I'm the one sitting back laughing watching it. Whenever you watch a bad show, that's uh, that's mainly. Do you feel good you because you feel no, like you? No, I, I feel good because I'm insecure. No, I just find it's very funny. You know, just when when you're watching a show that's going south, it's uh, it's hilarious. Especially magicians, when magicians screw up, that is hilarious. Because for a comedian, they can you know kind of make light of it or manipulate the situation. Whereas with a magician, if the trick doesn't work or they fall flat on their ass, which I've seen plenty of times, there's no recovering from that. And that, that uncomfortable silence is, uh, I love it. I think probably one escape might be to be a magician who's a comedian like the amazing John. Yes, who turned that into an act. Yeah, because yes. he had pretty terrible magic, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but he was able to make it hilarious. He so actually practices it. the same style of magic that I do. Yes. The one where you can't actually do any tricks. Yes. But you put your heart and soul into it and you... You deliver it with, with deliver passion. It with the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The zeal as yeah. if it's going to work. Yeah, and then nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good, that, that is a good start. I spoke to Jonathan the other day. I had a good long chat How's with him. How's he going? Yeah, he's, he's, um, yeah he's, he's not so great, but he, you know, he was in good spirits. But he's, um, his health is, um, yeah, it's still uh, yeah, deteriorating. Sketchy, but yeah. yeah. But he's been doing a lot of painting. He said, you know, he's been... Like lying in bed, painting a lot. So it's uh, yeah. Uh, where else you travelled? I did the South Coast run with Akmal. That was a lot of fun. We went down uh, like Jervis Bay and down through um, Aladala, yep. and um, Bombardieri down in Nowra, and uh, had a lot of fun. Yeah, we're working, working. Both of us working in new material. Akmal's got a lot of new material. It's really strong. Uh, so he's getting that ready for the festivals and. Uh, Likewise, been working on new material, getting it ready, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, How often do you come up with new material? Not often Is enough. That once a year, or every yeah, year? Yeah, it just depends. I, in the past, I've let it happen organically, and that's like the easiest way of doing it. Like an idea comes, and usually that's the better stuff. But because I've got the festivals coming up, I've been working hard to you know churn out new material. So yeah, a lot of it's going to be un, untried at the festivals. So it's going to be. Uh, I thought of a perfect gig for a comedian who is, you know, reasonably funny, but is not innovative and doesn't mm-hmm. need to come up with new material. Um, radio, tour guide, <laughs> a tour guide. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I went on a bus tour in London, and the the guy that picked us up from the hotel took us to the bus, and he gets on and he starts breaking into a Ricky Gervais like routine. Yes, you know because. Every landmark you go past can trigger a new joke. Yep. And, of course, the audience is new every day. Every day. So, perfect hiding place for a a, a non-innovative comedian. Yes. And he was hilarious. Yeah. Cracked everyone up. Great. And then we got to the terminal and uh, we we all got out. We found our our new line for the day's tours Uh because it was like the distribution point. And we got... A very unfunny lady from then on oh, for the really? rest of the day. Oh. So it was a, it was kind of a. Did she have facts at least, like some information? Well, or? here's the thing: she'd go past the, one of the the you know icons. He goes, "Oh, there's the such and such." Can't remember what that one's about, but anyway. Oh you know, like, god! So not even a. That's shocking. Not not highly competent. Not even mildly no. competent. I thought she might have been some one of those academics that has all the information, no. but no. And she had no way to make anything funny. Oh my god! So. Um, but I did think tour guide. There's there's an opportunity. Yeah. Well, if all goes south, I could be a tour guide. <laughs> well, after I'm, I'm after right. after we do our manly tour next week, we could uh, you know work. Like, uh, that could be, you know, a new career path for me. Well, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's give tour guiding a shot. Yeah. Well, we'll next we'll week we'll be the big, yeah. However, this is I'm not going to be able to rely on you know my my standard stuff because this will all be new. Well, so it'll be improv tour guide. Improv tour guide. <laughs> We can, maybe I can do the reality and you can make up something. Yeah, maybe. And then yeah, the audience yeah. can decide, okay. uh, you know, which is a better description. Okay. Real well, or imagined. Well, but this guy um, in London, it would have been good to go and do it again. He's heard it. Where's the new, heard it. Here we got Big Ben. Seen it. Well, yeah. it's actually not Big Ben. Oh, it's not Big Ben? No, it's What's the it Elizabeth Tower. Oh. So, uh, what, why do we... He placed we a thinking? wager with a child on, the, you, know, can, you know, can you name that... Uh, that monument yeah the child said big ben and he goes you lost love never make a bet with an englishman right and he said it's actually the elizabeth tower big ben only refers to the 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 item at the very top right, of right. the tower right so the kid was more specific is what you're saying the the kid was um you know going with you know the popular notion that that tower is called big ben but yeah. it's not yeah not actually Ah, so Chevy Chase was wrong in 
National Lampoon's European oh, vacation. Yeah, the great Chevy Chase. Yes. Uh, Remember that scene when they were stuck on the roundabout and he just kept and he couldn't get off and like, hey kids, Big Ben, hey Big Ben, Parliament, Big Ben, Parliament, and then uh, you know jump cuts to uh, late at night, Big Ben, Parliament, Big Ben. Yeah, so that was. Um I, I do when I travel to Europe. I remember the the national anthem. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those childhood <laughs> How is that memories. <laughs> they get their camera stolen. Yeah, and in the fountain, making, and, making yeah. some intimate videos with it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've been I, to that fountain. That, oh, you have. Yes, the true. Tr- back fountain. a bit further back, that was um, Beverly D'Angelo. You know, she was married to Martin Scorsese. I, I didn't know. Well, yeah. I might have known if we'd talked about it before. Which I've got this vague. We may have. We may have. But I um, sadly haven't. Part, part of one of my <laughs> <earlier> works. I've, I've <laughs> no. dismissed them to the echelons yes. of time as yes. classics. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> They're for others to admire. And the other in. thing that's curious about when you visit those parts of the world is how uh, small some of the facilities are. Oh, yeah. Because this bathroom that I had was so small that I couldn't actually fit sideways. I couldn't fit f- um, walking st- you know, from the bathroom to the, the shower. Couldn't fit... Between the, wow. it was only, it was less than like, it was only like two feet wide. I had to turn sideways to take a shower. Now, was this a like a heritage place you were staying in or a new hotel? Certainly not. No, really. It was, uh, so it was, it was a, a new hotel, just an apartment. Maybe uh, it's just to spite American tourists. <laughs> they wouldn't fit. <laughs> yeah. No offense, uh, but the uh, you know just based on average, you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, we're just, that was a statistic response on the, then. On the uh, on the toilet, it was so close to the wall that you had to turn sideways wow. to sit on it. Wow. It was. It was um, but that's you know a lot of the places are tiny. Yeah, I was in a hotel in um, London, and Paris is very tiny too. Yes, but yeah, the one in London at the um, the Russell Hotel, it's this old Gothic hotel on Russell Square, across from the museum, and um, it's got this great marble entrance, and it's uh, but the the rooms once again you got to be you got to be uh, switched on when you're booking a room there because they got the refurbed rooms and the old. You know the old uh-huh. old rooms, so the Dracula inclusion. Y- yes, yeah, yeah, the dungeon rooms, the coffin so, bed. So yeah, if you, yeah. <laughs> so the Japanese, you know the those ones in Japan where you sleep in the um, what are they called? The, the cocoons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't know what the name. I can't remember it's like the a rest station. Yeah, but you, you get into this pod. I think yeah. it's called like a pod hotel. Yeah, it's similar to that for the the smaller rooms. But the Russell, if anyone's going to London and they're looking for something that's reasonably priced, that's uh, you know an enjoyable stay and central. It's a few minutes walk into town, but you're in town, but a few minutes Everything walk. Everything central in London. You just, it is. If you can get to a tube, you, you, yeah, you know, caught yeah. a thousand trains. That yeah, like, and did a lot of walking. The tube's very pricey, though. I find after a while, very pricey, isn't it? Like yep. you compare it to Paris, where it's it's nothing. You know, you go you go to London. So I, I did a lot in general, of I call everything in London's pricey. Yeah, it is. It is food, coffee. Yeah, uh, and it's not even that good. No, uh, but no. they're getting there. They're the, getting the influence. You know what I like the, the and I never thought I would admit to this, but is it Marks and Spencer, M and S, and they got a food department there, and it's this takeaway, uh, this food that you take home, put in the microwave, and I'm I'm never really into that, but this I was really impressed. Uh, I, I well, stayed. also Harrods has a food. Place. Oh really? Yeah, that that would that would be opulent. It's good stuff. You know, um, Akmal and um, Ostentatious, the comedian. Um, Ostentatious is uh, very provocative with his uh, material. Provocative provokes people into uh, getting into fights, and <laughs> and uh, they went to Harrods, and he goes, "How much is it for this um, for this leopard?" And it was like this. This is like cast iron leopard. Yeah. And, and and the person said, Oh, um, it's like twelve hundred dollars or something like that. He goes, um, no, actually it was a few grand. And he said, What if I want to get a dozen of them? I want to get twelve leopards, how much? And it's still um, you know, a few thousand dollars. So he would just cause scenes in uh in Harrods and it was hilarious. He's uh have I told you about what he does? Ostentatious? Do you know who he is? I know who he yeah, is. Australiana yeah, and everything. He's a great Australian. Yeah, yeah, Australiana. He'll, but he'll, when Akmal was on tour with him, he got into a, they were in this small prop plane going to Alice Springs and he uh, brings the hostess over and says, yeah, I'm uh, just concerned with this plane. How do the pilots know not to crash this plane into a mountain when we're flying? 
And she says, oh, well, I, I'm not really sure how to answer that, but you can ask the pilots when we get to the destination. And this is years ago, back in the 90s. It'd be too late then, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be quick with that question. He, he goes up there, they land in Alice Springs. He walks up the front, and he's in his black Ray-Ban sunny, his Armani suit, black suit, opens the cockpit door, puts his head in the door, and the pilots are like, what the hell? He says, yeah, I'm, I was just concerned about this flight. How do you know not to run this uh, plane into a mountain? And then they actually answered him. They said, well, we have this device here that shows us what altitude we're at. So we know the terrain if there are any mountains, but we'll know what altitude to fly at. So if we do see a mountain, and he just cuts him off and goes, listen, I don't have time for this bullshit, closes the door and gets off the plane. <laughs> gets off the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so he's very so, young. So that, yeah, yeah, that's his, uh, that's his style. But, yes, yeah, so he, he did cause a scene in Harrods. Uh, so Harrods has nice food. I also got to experience some of the, the local food at the, um, the New Year's Eve fireworks down by oh, the Oh, yeah, towns. that would have been great. Oh, no, the fireworks would have been great. I don't know about oh, the food. Well, you'd think so, but no? sadly they <laughs> Really? They're no Sydney fireworks. Really? Just, just quietly. Wow. If you could imagine... Parramatta having an outdoor festival. <laughs> no, it's kind of like no. when you see you know a couple of kids on the beach at 2 in the morning letting off... A few bungers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Not even a bunger quality. It's hard to explain, but the visibility is not great. There's a lot of clouds, so yeah. the fireworks would that not, disperse. Oh, would that not... Because I've seen fireworks... It went for like clouds. 11 minutes. Yeah. Uh, basically, we've been spoiled. In Sydney. In, in Sydney, yeah. the fireworks. It's, it's, but aside from that, the, the, you know, the crowds that build up on the, the lead up to it, the, the waiting, five yeah. or six hours, it's freezing cold. Zero, and uh, anyway, they had catering. Mm-hmm. They had a like a burger truck. Oh, waited, they had catering. The burger truck. I waited and waited and waited in line. Yeah, I got to the front. Yeah, and I said, uh, "The cheeseburger, please." And before I finished my sentence, this guy slapped down this little foil package with a shriveled up, preheated thing, and he has ten pounds. Ten pounds. <laughs> so it's like twenty dollars. And it was possibly the world's worst yeah. burger. Wow. Uh, but, but anyway, that's... But it's supply and ca- demand. You know, where, where, where are you going to go? No choice. Yeah. Uh, freezing cold. Yeah. You just deal with it. Yeah. It's a great marketing lesson. There's the great marketer, Gary Halbert, used to say if he could have only one thing to sell... It would be cheeseburgers. No, it's no. A, a starving crowd. Right. Because yeah. they'll, they'll just eat anything. Yeah. If they're starving, they're not going to be as fussy. Yeah. So that was my um, little marketing epiphany uh, adventure in the wild, yeah. if you like, out and about. Yeah. It took hours to get home. Cattle, oh, I, I would imagine. Cattle crush crowds to the tube. You, know, you couldn't walk it? What they do, uh, which is weird, they kind of shut off all the, the tubes near the venue Make people walk several blocks away. Oh, really? Without creating the... like a bottleneck in the one area. Yeah, but just creates a massive inconvenience. Yes, I would imagine. <laughs> it's like but let's I... get this crowd. What we'll do is we'll shut off all possible transport, <laughs> so they can't go anywhere. Yeah. They have to basically walk out Off-foot. of here. Yeah, yeah, clever. Uh, I uh, I found I did a lot of walking in London. I uh, did massive. Walking. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and twelve thousand, so... seventeen thousand steps a day. Yeah, did you record them? Yeah, I've got, I've do, got do, this do you app use on my phone. No, it's on my phone. It's oh. an app called Pacer. Right. And it just sits on there whether it's switched on or not and right. it just tracks your, your walking. Yeah. So you can find out if you're a lazy sod or not. Right. But, but I felt you, tired you, and I was always hungry and Yeah, because you're walking so Burning much. it off. So when I walked the road to Santiago, I was always hungry the whole way. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was mental. But that, granted, that was a, you know... 700 kilometer walk. That's a reasonable distance. Yeah, it's a decent hike. What's your take on selfie sticks? Selfie sticks, what is that? So it's it's like people carrying around these poles. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I don't get it. Uh, Yeah, it's like, hang on, your arm is essentially a selfie stick, right? Yeah, but these people are, maybe they're just short people or they're going for that extra angle. But I saw them everywhere. Really? I'm thinking. Why would I want to carry around this pole everywhere no. I go? I see them. I've seen them at waterworks, which is obviously not smart. No, uh, like the the 
you know, people going using down. them going but, but, down but, but, shoes. But, happened, but, but, but wouldn't you just hold it in your hand? What if you run into something and it yeah, yeah. impales straight yeah, between your eyes? Impaled like, on a selfie stick. I think that would make a good photo. They're also actually. banned in some museums. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. When I went to um, the Louvre, yeah, all these different artworks and people were just, I didn't see selfie sticks, but yeah, cameras everywhere. Even flash, in, flash, flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. It was like the paparazzi. It was like, yeah, it was just mental. Like Da Vinci's uh, Mona Lisa. That was like, it was like the paparazzi. Actually, I got a photo, I'll show you the photo sometime. Just surrounded by all these people just flashing, flash, flash, flash. I thought, wow, she, she is like, you know. Then I thought it would have been great to have been in that day. I think I've told you about this theory before, paparazzi in the Renaissance, how they weren't around back oh, yeah, then. Yeah, but I think you have a whole yeah, routine. Yeah, place. yeah, but, she, but that's what it's like now. She's now subjected to the treatment of the paparazzi well, hundreds of years later. Probably not bothering her so much. No, no, she still keeps a smile on her face. So imagine being famous while you're still alive, you know. Yeah, that, that, that'd that'd be... But, you know, some people go, oh, well, that's what you buy into. That's what, that's all, that's what happens. It's like, no, I don't think you buy into it. If you do something that brings you some sort of notoriety, I don't think you're doing it. Well, maybe some people do it because they want to, want to be, you know, photographed. But I think, you know, if there's an actor or a musician or, or someone, you know, they're doing it because that's what they want to do. They love music. They want to they con- contribute in some way with the music that they make or with acting. Exactly. And in, in Not some, to be in uh, some trashy magazine. And some people are famous in their world and completely unknown. That's, that's like, the best. We just had the Australian surfing open here in Manly Beach last yeah. week. And I saw some famous people. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone from Bob Hurley from Hurley, the guy who's t- turned down a billion-dollar offer from Billabong or someone back in the day really? said, nah, I'll just think I'll make my own stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good work. Uh, and then there's, then there's like the surfboard shapers like Matt Biolis who mean nothing to you, most of our listeners. But in the surfing world, Legend. You know, he's a real, really good shaper. Yeah. And you know, in their world, when I, when I see the people crowding around them and, and their VIPs and then, you know, step – 20 meters off the curb into normal society, yeah. you're nobody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and, and, and the good, and the good thing with that too is anyone that would come up to you to talk to you, they'd be genuinely interested in what you do and not just for the fact not to what be you able to do for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that Hollywood problem where yeah. everyone's sleeping with everyone to get to the, oh. you know, the offer or the gig. Oh. I learned all about it via Joey on Friends. Oh, right, know, okay. so Obviously, that would be pretty factually based. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but also, no, I just watched a movie called Rewrite. And uh, it's got Hugh Grant in it. Okay. And it's, it's, uh, he's a writer, right. uh, Hollywood writer. And it, it does have some nice sort of observations about that, that world mm. and also his struggle having been famous many years before and not being able to re find Reignite that. that. <laughs> yeah. But fame is such a, I'm all, I always kind of laugh when I see these people that want to be famous, like that's their. Like, so people who want to win the lottery, and it can quite often be the worst ruin, thing that can yeah, happen to them because yeah. they're not they can't they're not mentally equipped to deal with abundance and no, wealth. No, and they uh, most of them lose it again within a couple of years. Yeah, and destroy relationships. Yeah, yeah. Like Bukowski said, money it's only a problem if you have too much or too little. Right. Well, I've heard this other saying: it's only money. That's very quick. That's a just, that, that's just, a quicker way of saying. Yeah, just to dismiss it as yeah. you know, just it's only money. Yeah, yeah. So let's just get past that. Uh, here's my theory: as long as if you've got enough money to not have to worry about it, that it doesn't impact on your life, your quality of life. It's not something you're always worrying about having to pay bills. And if you've got enough that you don't have to worry about that, then you're on you're on a pretty good thing. I saw this guy on the. Uh, documentary you were asking me earlier about this big castle up on the hill yes if i've been there and i did i went and saw a surf film festival right and one of the documentaries they do these little short stories uh there's some really good ones one was about a guy who kept surfing even though it's illegal in his country in like in europe and they it, they would arrest him if he was swimming when it's illegal he says i'm not swimming i'm boating i'm on a <laughs> vessel uh but he and they go, D- listen, don't you realize when the flags are up, it means you're not allowed to swim? He goes, no, what, I, what you mean is when the flags are up, it means there's good surf. So <laughs> um, he had a really alternative point of view. Yeah, and there's yeah. this other guy who 
How you did know, that hold up in a court of law? Did it well, he's this old oh. dude now, and he's got his little. He plays music on the electric organ, and he's yeah. got surfing pictures of when he was little. But it was a very emotional film. What was it called? Do you, do you remember? Can't remember. Uh, Same like as this. See that. This other guy, but it's it's new. It's only just come out. Okay. This other guy, uh, you know those boogie boards you go on your belly. Yeah, bodyboard. Right. Well, yeah. this guy rides them standing up. Oh, cool. This young, cool surfer. He's from. I think he might have been speaking Portuguese or something. Maybe he's Brazilian. Yeah. But he would borrow other people's. He was so poor. He'd just borrow other people's when they went surfing. He could borrow their boogie board. And they saw him standing up on it and they said, hey, don't borrow my board. You're going to break it. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He's like so poor. He doesn't even have his own boogie board. Yeah, yeah. Borrowing other people's. And then he get, enters competitions. And the competition organizer says to him, listen, You've got to lie down on the board. If you stand up, we will not give you any points. Right. So he says, screw you. That's what I do. He stands up and he's like, this is how I ride. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And the and the audience is kind of like cheering. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like the passion and he's like just, it comes from the heart. Yeah. That's what feels right. Mm-hmm. There are no rules with this surfing. And he free surfs now and I think he's probably got some sponsors and and but, he still rides the yeah, bodyboard like, like that. Yeah, it's like three and a half feet long. It's yeah, I know. That, just to balance on that thing alone like, is an achievement. I can ride a six-foot foamy yeah, yeah. surfboard. Yeah. And that's enough of a challenge for me. Yeah. To ride something half that size is... And there's no fins on it either, are there? I, I think you can have fins on Oh, you can put fins on them? Certainly no. a lot of the people ride them without fins. Yeah. Um, there's a whole finless surfboard thing. There's these things oh, called right. sea glass. It takes a lot of skill. Certainly, skill I don't possess, yeah. but it's fantastic to watch these yeah. people. Just the the way they harness their movements with the energy of the wave, it creates art. They're literally creating art on on the waves with these things. So yeah. that's my uh, that's my little thing about not being a conformist. Yeah, yeah, and also too, you're doing something that you're passionate about, and you're doing it because that's what you want to do. This this guy ain't standing up on his board because he wants to be famous or because he wants you know no, to win competitions from his heart. And, that, his soul. and I I think that that you know that's what everyone should do. Do it do do what you want to do because you got to do it, not because you're doing it for you know notoriety. It's, or for, and it's funny when you do things the way you do them, and then you you end up doing them perhaps in a different environment or as turned out with me a different culture. Where they don't do things that way, yeah, yeah, and it can quite often create quite an outrageous outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was in uh, before I went to London. I went to the Philippines, and we went shopping. Yeah, and I bought a pair of jeans. Right, so far so good. What do we do when we try on clothes in Australia or UK or whatever? We you, you go into the change room, you put them on, you come out, you come out. You do a little what do pirouette. You, you do a bit of a pretty woman. You show your friends. What do yeah. you think? Get an opinion. Yep. Apparently, they don't do that in the Philippines. <laughs> you found out very quickly. No, they're very shy. They yeah. they, they whisk, whisk into the change room. Yeah. And, of course, because they're a different labor market there, they've got very cheap labor and, and like 80 million people. Yeah. There's a surplus of staff. There's like 17 people manning the change room. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, it'd be like one person on the whole department, you know, which you'll never be able to find. No, you can't find like, So just to put this in perspective, there's like 17 people standing around. And normally they just try on their stuff, look in the mirror, put it back on the coat hanger and then come out. No, nah, not me. I'm walking out with my jeans on, label hanging out, no shoes, you know, and, and I'm just sort of. Looking for a reaction from my friends. You got a reaction, but got not a reaction from all the servers, and it's just, <laughs> they're like, "What? What is this? What is this large white man doing? <laughs> walking around half dressed, and he's, you know, trying on these clothes." And then you can imagine the next part of this when you want to do the next uh, natural thing, which is to wear them. Mm. You know, I, I'll just wear these now, thanks. Can we just take the tag off and yeah, wear and, them out um, of the store? Sure. Can I buy them? Unheard of. Well, I had to go and take them off and and go and check out with the and then and then go back in and, and try them on, them on and then convince them I wasn't stealing them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which they don't challenge you, but they look at you a bit funny. Sure. So it was, that was weird. That was my first sort of encounter of the cultural crossover. But there was another one and perhaps a more significant one. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking it's like that joke, you know, going into the uh, the uh, practical joke going into the um, into the change room. 
and then being in there for a minute or so and then just yell out, wait a minute, there's no toilet paper in here. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm going to yeah. try that. <laughs> that should go down a treat in the Philippines. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll have to work out how to say it in Tagalog. Yes. <laughs> so the the next thing that I did was I went to a social gathering. Yeah. And it's very in, common. In the Philippines. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you go to someone's house. Yep. And it's very common to crack out the uh, karaoke, which they call videoki. Sure. And, um, you know, the thing that's got the video with the words on it and the music playing and, the, and you have a microphone. And I was offered a chance to, to sing a song, yeah. as you to do. To display your vocal abilities. Of course, being shy, I said, absolutely. Yeah. And grab the microphone, cue up the song. Song comes on. I, uh, I basically, I know some of the words to the song, as you do. So I had a little glance to the screen, check that I'm on cue. And I'm performing to the audience, you know. They're all sitting there in chairs and, and looking at me, looking a little bit strange at me. It's like sort of startled surprise when I'm serenading them with the, the mic and yeah, working belting it. out the tune, yeah. working the room, making sure I cover the left-hand side, the right-hand yep, side, yep. down the back, yep. um, motion to someone. Making some, some eye contact. Yep, motion connecting. to someone, some of the words as if yep. they're part of the story. Nice. And, uh, and, and then uh, later I found out that's not really how you do it. Well, the very next person grabs the mic, cues up their song, and they stay seated in their chair staring only at the screen singing. Right. Focusing on the audio aspect of it, hmm. a little bit less so the performance aspect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, apparently, I was a little bit the clash of cultures. I was a little bit outgoing with yeah, my yeah. Per- rendition. See, they'll always remember it, though. I'm sure they will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Next time you go back, maybe that they'll you know they'll, maybe they'll, they'll maybe be, they'll you, be you've pro- started a new trend. We'll see. You know? We'll see. I'll work in the crowd. It'll be like a standoff. Will, will I sit down and stare at the screen or will they get up? It's, it's the equivalent of the guy standing up on the boogie board. You know, See, you, I, you stood up. Yeah, I think I've lifted the bar. Yeah. They might think that I'm just crazy. Yeah. You might have been disqualified if you're in competition over there, but still. <laughs> but I'll you, do it you, anyway. You won the audience. Speaking of competitions. All right. Uh, <laughs> nice segue. Well, I was trundling down to the beach on a Sunday recently. Right. And turns out on Sunday morning, First, I couldn't work it out, but then I figured it out. There's, there's all these people with coloured T-shirts out in the lineup, like red, blue, white, yellow. And I thought, well, either these people are very colour coordinated, or there's some kind of a competition going on. Mm. And then I heard the hooter, you know, yeah. And I noticed they're all they're all using long boards, you know, like nine foot plus, mm-hmm. old school, sixties mm-hmm. sort of yeah. thing. And I thought, okay, this is a longboarders club of some kind, some description. And then I looked and there was like under the little covered shelter, there was like eskies and food and people and then next to them on the ground, all these longboards. So what, lo and behold, I found myself in the lineup amongst a longboarders competition. Were you wearing the right clothes? I was... The right colours? I was uh, wearing a T-shirt. Right, well, we My go. red T-shirt on. Yes. So it's kind of undercover there, you know, like um, kind of blended in. Yeah. Bad luck for the guy with the red T-shirt. Yeah. It's like it was a bit confusing. And as chance would have it, I had my longboard. Now, I don't often ride the longboard these days because I'm really working on, you know, this shorter is cooler sort of thing sure. as I'm progressing. But it was quite small and smooth and I took my longboard just for a bit of a blast. So here I am thinking, okay, if I was ever going to be competing in my longboarding, does it ever get better than this? Come on. Manageable conditions. I've got my, my red shirt on. There's a hooter. And like, fuck it, I'm going for Do it. Do it. So the next set comes and uh, I go for a wave and I catch a wave and uh, it was okay, you know, and then I paddle back out and, yeah. I, and the next one and then and then get to the stage where I start to fatigue, mm. you know, seven or eight waves in. Yeah. It's, it's time... It's exhausting. But a large set comes through. They call this a bomb set where you can see out in the horizon. It's this large lump of Gets the heart rate water. Going. It's a little mountain moving its way towards me. So I paddled out the back a bit further. And as it, as it came bearing down on me, I grabbed it. And I was convinced in my mind that every single person on the shore would have to be watching me. Yeah. 
Have to be. Yeah. I'm in a competition. Come on. Got my jersey on. You're catching the biggest the wave. The clock is on. For the day. Biggest set of the day. Yeah. And I go flying down the line like this screaming left-hander. And I work my way towards the front of the board, which is kind of the cool moves. Yeah, hang 10. Well, hang 10 is quite hard, yeah. believe it or not. But I've worked my way to almost the nose of the board. Hang one. I put two feet together and I am basically steering the board from the, from the nose. Right. Cruising down the left. Just, it's just like this ripping wave, the best wave I've caught in a long time. Yeah. And then I pull off this maneuver called a sole arch. And that's where you have your two feet touching together. You're pointing towards the front of the board. So your knees are pointing out towards the front like mm-hmm. headlights. And you're, you're basically arched back with your arms down by your sides backwards. I've seen photos of this move. You will have seen photos. Yeah, it's, it's, a classic an, it's an move. iconic yeah, move. Yeah, black and white photos I've seen. So I'm move. basically doing my soul arch Sunday Look out. in front Look of the him. thing. On the wave of the day. I fully ex- front of the crowd. expected this to happen. I knew that when I got off my board that I would... Um, Swamped by paparazzi well, and basically, ribbons. I went all the way to the beach. Yeah, nice. Just stepped off, picked up my board, undid my leg rope cruised up towards the shower and the steps and then I'm going to walk past this hut yes. and I knew it was inevitable yes. that someone's going to come up and say, dude, that was like the best I've ever seen. Would you yeah. join our club competition? Yeah. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, but here, I was there. I was, I was the in thing. the moment. You did it because you were connected to it and you had to do it. It didn't matter about the accolades. It didn't matter about the fame. It didn't matter about well, the recognition. If I'm honest, I really did want to, <laughs> I wanted the recognition. I, I, I wanted to be appreciated for the artist that I was. So in my mind, I blitzed the competition on that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I like about this? A year ago, I think, we were sitting in the same spot chatting about the way that you crash in on people that are learning to ride yeah, boards and, and how you sneak your way in and they don't know, which they did know because I remember once when we went down, they went, hang on, you're the guy who's always hi. jumping in on our oh, yeah, lessons. Now they're like, hi, yeah. James. Yeah. Like, so, hi, Kelly. Hi, Thomas. <laughs> so, so at this point last year, you were jumping in on their lessons, Getting learning how to figure yeah. out how does this whole thing yeah. work. Smashing a year my later, ribs. you're jumping into competitions, catching the, the wave of the day. Yeah, soul arching my way to fame and success. So look at this. It, it's, a year later. It's a progression, you know. It is. It's an evolution. Yesterday, I went out twice and I took a, a six-foot four board and I've got a six-foot board now. So, Of course. It's, it's getting uh, more exciting. And, What's and the fun. shortest board there is? Well, I mean, I'd say that this guy on the phone, on, on the, the body on the bodyboard's yeah. doing pretty well. But yeah. you know, people have ridden two and a half or three or four foot boards in in uh, California. There was regulations of like four foot limit f- that people couldn't. That's surf like on. one of those big um, skateboards. Pretty much, you know, those long yeah. long skateboards. Well, yeah. if you can think, if you if you're maybe six foot tall, then a, then riding a board of around your height is pretty much where it gets challenging. And when you go a little bit lower in height, you start to have to add thickness or width right, to, okay. to get the buoyancy or the stability. So if you were a child or a dwarf, you could really rock out a small... Oh, a, a, a six-foot board for a dwarf or a child would, would be... And I have seen a dwarf surfing. Yeah. And for them, it's like a longboard. Yeah, 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 it's like if you're smaller or lighter. Well, the, the, and I would imagine they would pick it up easier, like in skiing. You know when you see the ins- instructors with the little kids, and the kids are just fanging oh, it down well, the hill. Kids, kids are also fearless. Center of gravity. They haven't yeah. ha- they haven't come off. They haven't had enough accidents to have that little part <laughs> of the brain <laughs> hold them back. Yeah, that part of the brain of fear that saves yeah, us from. Uh, at my age of whatever I am, forty three, perhaps. Um, <laughs> Give or take. Occasionally, I'll paddle onto a wave, and my my brain will say. No, right. this is gonna you're gonna die, and I pull back, and then I see the wave just get just dis there's just like disappears underneath the wave to just almost sand, it just like this huge sucking up cavernous yeah vacuum just and I'm like thank goodness I didn't take that. I, I, people I, do break their spines. Oh yeah, I, when I used to bodyboard with um my my psychologist friend Michael, who I was telling you about, who's retired now. He, um, we would go on surf trips up to up the coast, 
and I was up in Sawtell, and it was an area where the rocks were, but that's where the best waves were. Well, often and, they are. Yeah. Often they are. And we went out there one day, and I remember, just like this scenario you described, I'm at the top of the wave, I'm about to go down, and it just pulled back, and I just saw all this rock beneath me. Yes. And I, I just, as fast as I could, just pulled straight up and got off of that wave and thought, man, that, that, that could have been done. Here at the bower, there's a rock the size of a car. I think they call it suck rock. Right. And the, the wave like peaks up and then it reveals this rock the size of a car and I nearly paddled onto it because oh. <laughs> I was to the left of the rock and unbeknownst to me, the tide had sort of brought me around behind it oh. and I went to take off and there was this massive rock the size of a car popped out of the wave in front of me. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work yeah. out well. And people do break boards on What that. sort of car was it? Like a Micra or like a, like a, a big uh, like like a, Chevy? It looks like a car-sized version of Ayers Rock. Or, oh, or, right. Or, okay. It's just okay. this big, lumpy, round thing. Right. And you don't want to find it. That really reminds don't. me of when um, Arj and I were on tour in, uh, uh, where were we? Oh, we were down south and we went to Kangaroo Valley and we had part of the day off and we thought... Let's go. They got, got got some rapids. I thought, let's get a canoe each and go down through these rapids. What could I, possibly go wrong? Exactly. I'd never done it before. <laughs> and I just said, right, hold back, Joel. I'm going to show you how to approach this rapid, how to get around it. Now, he went down <laughs> into it. Before? Yeah. Okay. And he went down into it, but there was this big rock thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how he managed it. He managed to get up on, onto the rock in the canoe and do a 360 turning around on this rock. <laughs> and I eventually just went down past him. <laughs> but it was hilarious. <laughs> if you tried to get up onto this rock where the water just sort of parted and went around, it would be impossible, but somehow he managed to do it. And it was just hilarious. It just reminds me of that insurance advertisement with the, the guy in the boat, and he goes, I know boats, and he steps into it and goes straight through the bottom of it. Oh, right. the, the expert fails. <laughs> Very funny. The guy who runs the gelato shop in Balmain, Gelatissimo, just down below me, two doors down from where I live, he, um, he was telling me on the weekend he had footage of it too, uh, or photos of it. His friend uh, was out with his cousin. They went down to Lane Cove National Park to put the boat in and he didn't have the boat the safety lock on the boat, so the boat was going back and then it went back really quick uh, from the you know from the trailer and smashed down. <laughs> and the the engine went through the rest of the boat as it went back and it kept on going down. But then the, he, the car, which you would have thought he would have put into park and oh, put the brake on. or a brake on or yeah, something. Yeah, it was no. just left in neutral. Of course. So it dragged the, <laughs> dragged the trailer and the car back down into the water and then the car then spun around when it got into the water and then floated out and then just... Went oh, nose down. So that so, it, it so make, make a funny video from. That. That's what I thought. If someone had captured this on, but he said it all happened so quick that they got um, pictures, photos of it, but no one, no one got the footage. But I just thought, how hilarious is that? You're going out for a nice day out. You ruin your boat and your car, and the car was still on, and so the smoke started flying out of the car. The electrics were fried, and it was done. Now I've got some good news and some bad news on the Schwarzenegger front. Yes. Good news is he is doing podcasts now. I saw him on uh, Tim Ferriss' show. Yeah. I listened to him. Yeah. Uh, bad news is it wasn't our show, of course, uh, but we do want to put that invitation out well, there again to Arnold. You know what? Arnold is coming out to Australia this oh, year. Okay. Well, perhaps he's going like... to Melbourne for the Arnold Classic. Well, so perhaps we can. We, we could maybe get in there. Intercept. And, uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, maybe if some of his people are listening to this, they could organise that. Have a chat with him. Yep. Well, I'm going to be down in Melbourne doing the comedy festival, so maybe if it's on at the same time, I yeah, could... Yeah, just wrangle him. I could wrangle him. Yeah, do a field report. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold, over here. It, it would be... Um, it would have to be the both of the two of us, though. Oh, both I'll come of to us. Melbourne for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but he likes to do things in his kitchen, I notice, because I've seen him do interviews I and I bet he eats in. all the time, though. He probably yeah, would. He's, he's got to get that protein. Food would have to be a big part of protein. his routine, yeah. as it is with many... Yeah. As, um, Physical people. I tell you who'd be good on a pod- podcast, Billy Connolly. I went and saw him, la- I saw him last week. I saw him in a movie. Uh, s- something about what the kids did. Yeah, the the Lost Weekend or something. What we did on the weekend. Yeah. Or what we did on our holidays. Yeah. I saw that movie. I saw, I saw it too. Yeah. You didn't like it? Well, 
I could see what they were trying to do, and it was. I thought the kids were really good in it, and I thought yeah. Billy was great. But just, um, I don't know. I just thought as a whole, it didn't quite. I saw what they were trying to do. It didn't quite, quite get there. It had, it had but, that sort of uncomfortableness, like you get when you watch an Australian movie, uh, where you think it just doesn't. I'm not believing it. Yeah, yeah. I see what they. I see what they're doing. But, uh, I saw a, an Australian movie that was. It was about John Doe. And it just wasn't believable. No, no. Well, John Doe's not a believable name. It's like James Smith. It's that John Doe's a name that you put on as an example when filling out a form. Yeah, but it's the whole. I mean, it, it fitted with what they were trying to do. Oh, that's what they were doing. It, it was about a vigilante, right? Who was um, killing people who had been nasty people, right. basically. Oh, pe- so he people was... who had who had offended, uh, you know, like bad people. Who then got released and then right. reoffended? Right. Okay. And he was just knocking them off. Right. Okay. But it wasn't really believable. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of like what Chopper would do. He said he only knocked off. But you know, Chopper bad was people, very criminal. believable. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that's like Chopper's approach was he only knocks off people that are bad people. You know. Exactly. That's how he justified it to himself. But I went and saw Billy Connolly last week at the Opera House. Oh yeah. Did I, I tell you? Did I ever tell you about how I got the tickets for it when I was on the plane? And I told you about that, I think. Anyway, I got the tickets for it. And fourth row from the front. And um, Akmal and I went along. And, you know, Billy's got Parkinson's and prostate cancer. And he had an operation for the prostate cancer. Not just, so not just in the movie? No, it? no, no. He's really got that now. And, um, and so he's not jumping around and not loud like he used to be when I, when I saw him like 20 years ago. But he's very still. But the thing is, the fire's still there within him. And it was actually I had a lot of respect for him, the fact that he's still getting up. He doesn't need to be getting up on stage. And here he is. You Why know. doesn't he need to be getting up? Well, come on. He's, you know, like in terms of, like, he, obviously he's wanting to get up there because it's what he wants to do. But, you know, from uh, he's already proven everything in his career. He's financially sound. He's, not, he's doing it, like we've said before, with other things because you've got to do it, you know. It's something within you that you've got to do. And seeing him up there and just deliver it, give it a hundred percent, it was, I was, you know, it was a pleasure to be in his company, and I was really Did you ever inspired. Get intimidated by that? What? When you see a great artist like that, do you think, oh, I'm just not good enough? Um, yeah, well, that I found that inspiring watching that. But yeah, I used to do that when I was um, like when I was younger. I, the first time I ever had that comparing myself was when I was about six years old watching um, Armadeus. I'm watching Mozart there at six years old play the piano, and and you think, it, who are you? Yeah, well, but, but no, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, what can I? Do? This guy's already composing his own music, performing for royalty at six years old. Best I can do at this point is tie up my shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got going for me. Yeah, and then but, we still go for Velcro occasionally. Yeah, yeah, sure. But you know what, my mum. I told my mum about this afterwards, and she could tell that I was a little upset when I was. I was like, God, what am I doing with my life here at six years old? You know. And mum said, "Well, did you know, son, that Mozart could never do up his shoelaces? So that's something you can do, and Mozart can't do." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to fill up the concert halls of Europe doing up my shoelaces. <laughs> I don't think people are going to, you know, unless I lived in a world full of Mozarts." Yeah. Then I would, you know. Yeah, you'd, then you'd, I would. I would see, it's genius. That, the one-eyed man in the land in, uh, in the, the land, land of the blind. Of the blind yeah. yeah. See, a genius is someone who can do something that others can't. So if I lived in a world full of Mozarts, that would be coming to the Viennese Opera House. So you to do see have me. to be careful who you benchmark from. Yeah. You know, because if you were to take the thing that they're good at, you probably also pick up all the other things. And a, sure, a lot sure. of the movies I've watched, especially documentary type things, reveal. That a lot of these geniuses might be spectacular at one thing and incredibly bad at others. Yeah, have, yeah. You know, it's like Rain Man, like an idiot savant, you know, who can yeah. who can really, you know, and like the the Stephen Hawking movie sure, had some yeah. sad elements to sure. it, and, the, and the, it's like Beautiful Mind, Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Uh, so you know, this this you get you get the whole package if you're going to be that. So you might as well just be yourself, Joel. Yeah, I know. I don't need to be like Mozart. I don't know to be well. John Lennon, he was he was he was pretty. Good. But he didn't have a full life by the end. No, he didn't. He didn't. Cut unfortunately, short. but that wasn't of his own accord. You know, uh, you, you know. I was reading a thing because you know Mark Chapman who um, who murdered John Lennon. I was um, I was reading a thing about um, Bill Murray. Have you seen Vincent Vincent? By the way. Oh man, you moved three names on me in two seconds there. <laughs> Let me just catch up. Let me compute. John Lennon, Mark Chapman. Bill Murray, Vincent. St. Vincent, the oh, new film St. Vincent. Yeah, I've seen St. Vincent. It was great. Did you love it? Yeah, it was great. 
how, like to do a simple story like that so well, and to not and to the, with him playing that character, how he didn't make him his character likable, yet you still liked him. You know, I thought this is this is great. You know, and the kid was great too. I thought the kid was great, and the kid went beyond what was expected. You know, in doing what he did, yeah, could have just fizzled out. Whatever. No, but it was. I I really love the. It's not dissimilar to um, Whiplash. Oh, I haven't seen that. Where the character in that is pretty much reminded me of my old boss. Right. Unbelievable. Oh, was this um, The Nutter? The Nutter. Yes. And it, it's like he's a horrible, despicable person and then they do things to humanize themselves with you and then within minutes they're back to nasty. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and you want to hate them and you want to think they're terrible but they also you can see the crazed motive in it and uh, you, when you see the film mm-hmm. you'll understand what I'm talking about but right. this was a this was so personal to me because right. I I was like the drummer in that movie and my old boss was like the crazy man right so I'm going to watch that. It's very, very, very surreal to see that movie. It's almost exactly what what played out in my life. Yeah, yeah. To make me the brilliant person that I am now. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just adding that last bit. You'll see the movie, you'll understand. Yeah, all right. I'll check yeah. that out. So, um, so, Akmal and I are sitting there, fourth row, Billy Connolly. And um, Billy's doing his thing up there. And this person got up to go to the toilet. And actually, Akmal, uh, he did a routine earlier on. Akmal made um, Billy laugh. He yelled out something and then got the whole crowd laughing. Did, so, does, would Billy know that there is a comedian in the midst? I, I don't know. No, probably not. He Would wouldn't the have, audience know? that? Probably not. I don't know. Like we just. I made the whole in. entertainment centre laugh once. Really? What yeah. happened? There was like, it was the military tattoo. Oh, my, yeah. My mum used to take me to that. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah. <laughs> not not a huge fan. I used yeah, to prefer yeah. Supercross more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but hey, yeah. So we went there, and we had, we had some exchange student from America. Yeah. With us, and they did this part in the beginning where they say, "Have we got anyone here from London? Have we got anyone here from Canada?" And they said, "Have we got anyone here from America?" And I screamed out the top of my lungs. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. ten thousand people there or whatever, yeah. and they laughed. They roared laughter because they're, they're thinking no, this crazy American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This full American accent, and I did it just to perform for my exchange student friend who was who we brought there. Yeah, and definitely the biggest laugh I've ever got. Really, you know, like in terms yeah, yeah, of yeah. sheer numbers. Numbers, sure. Yeah. So I can, I'm on the same page. Well, you, you're you're preparing yourself for a future role. You know, must you, have been. You know, I was I'm you're getting, myself out there. You're, you're getting ready for um, in the anonymity of shadowed crowds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you didn't need recognition for that. It was within no. you. You let it out. Let it, and, it was and spontaneous. And it was, yes, unscripted, yeah. spontaneous. And uh, and you know here I remember it now, and that's got to be thirty years ago. Yeah. So right. tell me about so, Akmal. So, so Billy's um, Billy does this tells this story about when he was in a folk band and someone died in the audience. He was performing in a hospice, and they would. Why is that hilarious? Already? I know. I know. <laughs> they would wheel them in. They would wheel them in on all these. <laughs> all of these beds would come in, and they'd wheel all these beds, and he said there's bottles rattling and IVs and stuff, and they got them all set up, and then the wheelchairs would come in, and he um, and his um, friends playing guitar, and he and he's got um, I forget what the instruments it's like a it's like a little harp thing but it's not it's um you hold it up you know the you know yeah, what i'm talking I about and he's playing that i'm i'm and, seeing the visuals yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> works awesome on which isn't podcast. which isn't working for our audience aka greg and <laughs> so joel's here stroking his breasts yes um you know, deliciously with his fingers in yes. in sequence, and, and, and that is a motion that um, James is very familiar with, apparently. So that's no, no, uh, just, that's I, you know, it's the act out. That yeah. little instrument. Yeah, that, thing. whatever that thing One is called. Things. If it's called right in, let us know what no, that's called. I think called. it's a weird name. Yeah, it's like a little. Um, it's like a harp, but it's not a harp. It's yeah. a. Anyway, Billy's playing that, and he goes over to this guy in the wheelchair, and the guy in the wheelchair is going, oh, oh, and he's going, wow, he's enjoying it, you know? <laughs> and he goes up close, and the guy's, oh, 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 
and that's it. And Billy's like, holy, this fucker's died. And he goes back up to his mate and he says, the guy's just died in front of me. And the other guy goes over with the guitars. They're still playing. There's only some song, the, the rabbit in the old log tree. And they go over there and sure enough, the guy's died. And so he does this whole long routine about this guy that died and the phone call that came afterwards and all of this kind of stuff. So later on in the show, this lady gets up to, to go to the toilet and she leaves and Billy says some comment and gets a bit of a laugh and then she goes to come back. Now, there's a side doorway there at the concert hall at the, um, at the opera house and she's waiting there to come back around and someone's like, pointed that she's there and Billy noticed and he goes, oh, is she there? She's, come in, come in, come back. And she was in the second row in the middle so she had to get past all that. And she, so she was just holding back there and then Billy thought she would come back, but she didn't. And he goes back over and, and she got so scared she took off out the door. And Billy's like, where is she? Where is she? And, and everyone's looking around. So it's full focus on this situation. And he's looking and, and then someone goes, she's gone. She's gone. And I want to see how She's dead. And then, and then Billy just keels over laughing. And then he goes, she's dead. And then the whole, the whole opera house erupts in laughter. And then, uh, and then at the end of the show, um, we, Akmal and I jumped up on our feet and started applauding, you know, to give, start, you know, give the standing ovation. He points over at Akmal and goes, is she still there? Did she come back? Where is she? The whole audience is up on their feet applauding. I thought there's a great connection there, you know, from one comedian to another, from Akmal to Billy, you know. Would they have to, met before? No. Would you go out the back and say hi um, and just don't get that exclusive? No, we, we Akmal and I just took off afterwards. But it was great to, you know, have made that, you know, Made that connection, and to see Billy, you know, like I said, up there, and his his arm was twitching, his and, he, and as he was explaining, his arm would raise up like that, so which he called his raincoat pose. So, and but if you noticed it, he'd look back down at the arm, and the arm would go back down. So as he's talking, it would slowly be coming up at times. So just to see him in, you know, he's fighting it. You know, he's up against the odds, yet he's still out there giving it a hundred and ten, and he's. Uh, you know, yeah, it was just it was inspiring to watch a master at work like that. I was thinking of a good a parody character for Akmal could be Mokmal. 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 Yeah. Mokmal. Yeah. yeah. You know, like um, he mocks everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, but just like just, just <laughs> we, yeah. It's a weird idea. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just put it out. I'll, I'll put it to him. Actually, I've I've bumped into a. There's a member of my community who looks a little bit like Akmal. Oh, really? Yeah, I reckon I could do a. You know separated at birth thing yeah yeah you should yeah. you yeah. should but well, Akmal yeah as you know he gets confused for everybody mm. yeah hey, he's a big guy in Proserpine hey how you going mate oh look you are an Aussie legend and Akmal's <laughs> oh thanks thanks man he goes, so when's the next game and Akmal's like game what game he goes you're George Gregan right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a coffee and yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the um, so that was uh, you know, and it was great to um, you know, go and see. I'm going to go see Michael Palin next week. Just bought tickets for it. You know, Monty Python, legend. So, do you think yeah. he'll raise the bar? Well, I think you know he he's. I really like Michael Palin as a person. You know, I think he's a. I think he's a good guy. Everything I've ever seen him in, or any of the travel documentaries he's done, Ripping Yarns, great collection of um, that he did post um, uh, Monty Python. Yeah, and he was great friends with George Harrison. So anyone that's great friends with George Harrison, he's great hey, friends with me. He's, he's 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 up there in my book. Nice. So we'll we'll uh, we'll give it we'll give a report on uh, on Palin. Oh, no, actually, I'm seeing him um, the night of the next podcast that we do, so we'll have to hold on well, to that. But can, you, but can you believe that it's going to be a year since your last seminar? Yeah, well, it's coming up very quickly, so... <sighs> That's like, uh, I'm, yeah, unfortunately, I, I won't be able to attend this one, but... That's all right. I'm, um, you weren't you know, invited back anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but you'll, you'll be sadly missed. Oh, we might hold a vigil. Yeah, no, no, no more. You know, random comments to yell out during your silver circle. I, I, yeah, uh, I, I like that. That was that was one of my favourite moments of the entire event. Is <laughs> is your introduction at my mastermind day to yeah. my very best customers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. There were some great people there. You know, like and there um, are. There's, there's are the, they coming back? Is yeah. Travolta Keith? Is he coming back? Keith's back. Nice. But he's, he's going to take on the the surf. He's even brought his friend Ralph. Again. Has, has he been surfing since? Like, has he been no, getting into so it? He's wow. Be so rusty. he'll be he'll be just like me. But I've, it's already planned. I've got the I've got thirty one people in the room. I've got nice. lunch and dinner booked. We've got a surf school booked. It's going to be epic. 
Ah, oh, that was that, that was good fun last. I'm looking back on it with a nostalgic. It's my highlight uh, of the year. Yeah, no doubt, other than when we catch up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny, you know, I was listening to that Beck um, Beck album that I had just bought before the um, the the seminar. So I was listening to that every morning. So a lot of the songs I remember driving over the hill down towards Manly oh, yeah. and seeing I the ocean songs to to times in my life. Yeah, yeah, and I was just listening to it last night actually, and it, it shot me back to the. And then I thought we're catching up today. Well, you, you didn't think we we're catching up today? <laughs> no, 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 I'm sitting here in my underpants doing a coaching <laughs> call, and the buzzer's going off. Yeah, you go. Who is this clown? What is be, going man? on? Does this yeah. mean I'm gonna have to put on pants, a t-shirt? I, I did. I did find it because usually I just call you up and we're like, "Yep, let's." Um, or I send you an SMS. Let's yeah. catch up. And you sent me an SMS saying, "Lock it in and on, in this program." So I went. I was fascinated by the program, but then it started saying like, "What's your name? What's your email? What's your Skype?" And so I thought, well, I can't give straight answers here to James. No. He knows who I am. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't even know what my Skype is. I knew instantly who it was <laughs> when the message came through. Name, you know who I am. <laughs> purpose right. for purpose for meeting, talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our official title. That yeah. Year. So I think that's us. I think it's us. I think um, you, you know we we've got a lot to cover next week with our um, James and Joel's uh, tour of Manly tour ask, guide of Manly. Ask me next week about my tip for making flip flops even more comfortable. Okay, well we can put them into action when we do the walk around Manly. Ah, we, uh, we can't. Oh, we can't. Oh no. It requires not being not mobile. All yeah, oh, right. Okay. Mobile, but... uh, so they're comfortable but impractical. Uh, no, very practical, oh. very comfortable, and oh. and. Um, you know, like it's an observation I made when I was traveling overseas okay. that I've never seen before. All right, fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll Same describe Same as I saw it. something on uh, Whiplash that I've never seen before. The, the guy tips chocolate peanuts into his popcorn, Reese's Pieces or something into popcorn. <laughs> I, I've never seen that performed okay. before and I don't really get it. No. Have you seen it? No. There you go. Ask me about the flip-flops next week. Will do. All right, see you, mate. All right, see you, mate. You've been listening to another episode of Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Visit kickingback.com for the show notes, pictures, and join the discussion.